Welcome to Common Sense, your go-to spot for market news, accounting updates, and everything in between. I'm Colin Williams, alongside me, my host, Christopher Florio. How are we doing today, Florio? You know, we're feeling good. Uh, a little bit of a scratchy throat, but frankly, this has been something that's on our minds for way too long. We're just going to push through for tonight and hope that we feel better tomorrow. I'm sure that uh, another half an hour of talking will do me a lot of good. Yeah, so this is our pilot show. Um, we're really excited to hear what our listeners have to say. Um, and we're really interested in moving this forward in the coming weeks. So definitely give us some feedback. We're going to start with a joke. You know, it's been really heavy recently when, you, when you're tracking the ups and downs of the market. Frankly, it's enough to, to make you shake. Um, so we're going to start on a little bit of a lighter note. I think Colin has a joke prepared for us all. So, Colin, I'm going to uh, toss you the microphone. So what do you got? All right, Chris. What did the CEO do when he dropped a brownie on his calculator? You know, I, I don't know. What did he do? Well, he was fudging the numbers. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. You know, it's oh man, the the more I've heard you uh, attempt to, to to make a joke, or or I mean, he found that on the internet. So what? First and foremost, if it was really that bad, don't take it out on him, please. Um, he found that on the internet. The first time he read it, he really cracked himself up. Second time, I think he cracked himself up a little bit less, and and, and I think the third time good. I cracked myself up the most. <laughs> but uh, it's been uh, it's been a journey to see. Um, how funny that was and how funny it is. And um, the more I hear it, the more I just laugh at, wow, you really just said that. Yeah, so I think we're going to, that was the light part of the show. We'll take you into something a little scarier, something some people call the end of the world, and that is the inverted treasury yield curve. Oh, man. You know, he said the end of the world, and I thought he was going to say the Patriots have won the Super Bowl again. But thankfully, we're not there yeah. No, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Um, yeah, recently uh, the two-year Treasury yield curve did surpass the five-year. Um, it's got just about one full basis point of separation at the moment. Um, it's within 13 basis points of the 10-year, which um, the two-year over the five-year scares me. The two-year being that close to the 10-year, frankly, it terrifies me, Colin. Does it terrify you? It does. Um, for our listeners who don't know, the past seven years when there's been an inverted yield curve has resulted in a recession. So that is why it could past be... Seven, past seven times, I want to say, right? Yes, seven okay. times. Thank you. Um, and it, it's very interesting that this is happening again. But one thing to note is that we had the financial crisis in 2008. The inverted yield curve leading up to that happened in December of 2005. So almost three years before the actual recession took place. So we could have time or it could be another downturn again tomorrow. We'll have to see. So you're telling me that this is going to happen basically as soon as I get out of college and go into the job market. Basically, you're pretty much screwed. That is that is that is such wonderful news. I you know it's uh, yeah it's it's a very interesting time, and now we'll see what the Fed does going forward. The Fed yeah, is the Fed is in a corner, right? They, they're in a corner. They uh, there's so much going on. It seems like nobody really knows what to do or say, and it seems like there's a lot of backlash coming from different people that are changing opinions. I mean. Last week, we heard uh, Chairman Jerome Powell say that we are pretty much at normal, or the derivative of whatever it was that he did say. 
And then today, he came out and said... Right, we're going to take a wait-and-see approach. Right. Um, I don't know what a wait-and-see approach is. All I know is the Fed meeting is coming up rather rapidly. Yes, I believe the last week in December. Yeah, and so the issue I have with the, the wait-and-see approach, other than the fact that, right, anything that he says is going to swing markets, God only knows how many, you know, 500, 600 points. In, in the last hour of trading today, I think the Dow recovered, I think it was close to 700 points yeah, in the last N- hour. NASDAQ was, ended up almost up for a time, shot a little bit back down, but they, they were in the green at the end of the day. You know, what, what just scares me about this is, is this is, we're talking about the long-term economic stability, probably of the country, right? If not the world, because the, probably the you world. know the domino effect was once communism. Now it refers to markets, um, and it, it feels a little bit like Selection Sunday. It feels like they're going to look at what the markets do in the three weeks leading up to the meeting, and they're going to just go into the meeting for seventy-two hours, just drink coffee, eat a couple of granola bars, and just crunch out some decision in seventy-two hours, you know, uh, or just over the course of that weekend, and then they're going to come out with something. And and frankly, that's that's a little bit like a college student trying to finish a college paper. That's not going to be quality. That yeah, is not true. something that I want to see impacting global markets. But hey, but hey, diamonds are made under pressure. <laughs> you know, I've done some really good work under pressure. I would never want to have the weight of the global economy on my back right now. I got enough on my back. I only got two final exams. I feel like I got enough on my back. I don't need the weight of the global economy. I, I can definitely agree with that. Um, we need to we need to see some of these individuals uh, focusing on what's going on and make a make a hard decision. Yeah, it, it just comes back. I mean, whatever the, the Fed does, there's going to be criticism. They do something good, you know, the criticism will be that they should have done it sooner. Um, so we, we just need to see some maturity and realize that, you you know, nobody's, you're never going to please everybody. Um, especially not tariff man. Yeah, did you hear that? Was that a bird? Was it a plane? Nope, it was tariff man. Yeah, um, Marvel and DC are, are poised to start a bidding war over the rights to uh, President Trump's newest um, alter ego. Called himself tariff man recently. Um, apparently he was not happy and he took to the streets to um, collect tariffs himself. I think that was, I think that'll be the premise of the first comic book. We might just go straight to the theaters, frankly. Um, but yeah, the, the president tweeting that he is tariff man when countries uh, attempt to uh, raid the wealth of our nation, I think was the words he used in the tweet, um, that tariffs are the best way of defending ourselves. Um, Colin, I don't, I'm just out of words. <laughs> I, I have some words for you, and that's holy crude oil prices. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. That was that was my best effort. Yeah, I mean I mean that them too. It's just you know we need to we need to realize I think with crude oil prices that cheap oil is not a good thing anymore, right? Yeah, I mean I mean that's true. Unless you're driving cross country, then uh, it might be a little cheaper. I mean yeah, I mean cents on the dollar. Good for your Penny, pennies, pennies, pennies on the dollar. That's when right. we're talking about right, we're talking about the American economy. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, the American economy has been taking a lot more um, growth or, or taking a lot more initiative in producing oil. Um, and so low prices are not a good thing. And we're just not importing. Um, we're, we're exporting now, and, and right. prices need to stay um, at you know, uh, consistent levels, uh, levels that are going to uh, produce. And, and frankly, it would uh, be misguided to think that um, those few cents on that cross-country trip would be really doing anybody any good. That's right. Um, so shame on you if you're taking advantage of that. I support it.
That's nah, just, uh, I'm, yeah. All right, so we've been Public talk- transportation. Take, just take public transportation. All right, all right, whatever. We can, we'll see, we'll see. So we've been talking about, obviously, markets, economy has not been doing too hot lately, and that brings up the term of a bear market. Yeah, Colin, why, why, why exactly do they call it a bear market? That's something that's been itching me lately. So it's kind of interesting. It's actually not a joke. I looked it up uh, a couple weeks ago when all these terms were being thrown around. Now, when a bear attacks, if you're trying to steal his baby cub and the mama bear is going to attack, it attacks with a paw in a downward motion, hence the markets and stocks moving in a downward motion. And when a bull attacks, it attacks with its horns moving forward, hence markets moving forward. That's uh, a great tidbit of information. I'll be sure to drop that at the next Christmas party I go to. I'm sure they will absolutely love it, and they'll probably throw a drink at me. But it'll yes, be worth because it's it is very boring. It's Yeah, that's just, you know, that's the reputation that we have is, uh, as I think business students, is that we, we like boring. Um, we are boring. We both have faces for radio, so we're really doing well here. We're just checking all the boxes off. Um, Colin's not single. I am. Again, I don't I don't understand why you'd pursue that given everything I just said. Yeah, um, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but on this bear market, let's talk about what's going on with asset classes. So 80% of asset classes are down this year. That sounds like a bear market to me. Yeah, and and I mean that's stocks, bonds, commodities Correct. And the like. Correct. Um, you know, it just begs the question and and this is a year after, right? Last year 99% of asset classes posted positive years. And so what happened to diversification? Because that's not supposed to happen. You're not it's just supposed not. to have everything move in the same direction like that. And I think people, the first time people really realized that they needed to be diversified was back in 2001 after the dot-com bubble when people were investing in meringue.com when you could get the just the meringue from the lemon meringue pie. Um, and then the bubble popped and everyone who was in tech and in that whole dot-com verse ended up collapsing. And then in 2008, 2007, 2006, preceding years before that, they were diversified. And in the end, maybe if you were in financials, maybe you got hit a little bit more. But for the most part, the people that were diversified, they all got hit equally hard. And that seems to be what's happening this past week, these past months. Yeah, that seems to be the trend. And I think it comes back to um, probably some form of globalization. Oh, it's yeah, just every, the interconnected nature of everything nowadays, even asset classes and the like, are, are going to move in lockstep. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very scary because it's, it's a principle that you're taught very early. It's a way to, to right, cut your losses in some sense. And it doesn't necessarily seem to hold true anymore. Um, so we're going to have to find some sort of alternative ways to go about that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's not what you want. No, and you you mentioned the word alternative. That could be a way to move in the future. These alternative investments, and there's so many broad range of categories of these alternatives. I think options and futures are designated as alternatives, and then even like uh, venture capitalist firms and investing in that is alternative. And maybe that's the only thing that's gonna gonna I guess shy away from the whole diversification thing. Maybe that that won't move in the same direction. At this point, I'll be very honest with you. You're you're talking over my head. Um, so I could be wrong too. Don't take everything I say with a grain of salt. Of course, you know, and, and it's worth noting that any views expressed here are our own and our own only. Um, but you know, it off of that, or, or continuing maybe on that, um, we're going to talk about 
right? A, lack, a personal lack of diversification, right? This is something. That oh, it's my favorite home. segment. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Tom's net worth. Um, for those of you who don't know Tom, this is uh, Thomas Cook. He is uh, both of our roommate. I, I live both of our roommates. Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't. What is the grammar there, Colin? It is, it would be both of our roommates because it's referring to our right. I don't, I, don't, know. I don't know. We're business majors. Yeah. We, we can't I, write. I can't write. I can't read. I, I only put numbers into a calculator. Um, he is, a, a couple years ago, um, back when Apple was down around $100 a share, he put five grand into Apple. Um, and so the thing that we like to do this time of year, and it's been really interesting lately, um, obviously for those of you who haven't been following Apple, um, get out from under the rock you are living under because Apple is responsible for a good part of the price movements in um, the S&P 500. But uh, for those of you who haven't been following Apple, it's been a tough start to Q4. Um, that is mostly due to um, poor projections of Q4 uh, from a couple of their suppliers, right? Hinting at uh, lower production of iPhones. Obviously, the decision to stop reporting unit sales was a big factor right, in that right. as well. Just, just really a lack of confidence um, in in that new product line, even though that product line is actually shrinking on the, on their uh, right. on their income statement, um, but yeah, Tom had invested um, basically the five grand into Apple. That was all he was in the market for. That was all he had at the time. It's important to note his mom did this for him. He was I don't know. Well, he was in high, in school. high school. I mean, he, he's got to take some ownership. Yes, but it's also important to know that he's a biochem major. I think that's probably. The I think most that's telling. the most that, important that's, part. That's the most telling part of all of this, yeah. Which means he's much brighter than we are. Yes, just in different ways. In different, different ways, ways. Different ways. Um, but yeah, his net worth, and we like to hit him with this every time he walks in the door after four p.m. Uh, his net worth is down twenty-five point eight percent over the last three months. Obviously, he's not diversified. Whatever Apple does, he does. Um, down two point six seven percent this week. Um, I'm, I think he's probably sick and tired of hearing us. Yeah, every day four p.m. Damn. You lost 4% today. Yeah. yeah he, he's probably over it. He's yeah, over I'm it. sure he's going to love hearing this, too, because he gets enough of it. But, yeah, but, this, is, this is a segment we want to bring to you every week because we think it is hilarious, and we hope that you find it is as hilarious as we do. And I might add, if you are an iPhone user, buy an app. If you are due for an upgrade, this is not an ad. I will, I will preface it. This is not an ad. If you are due for an upgrade and you believe that upgrade will be an iPhone, Go out and buy that iPhone. You know, I, I think Tom would really appreciate it. Tom, Tom needs it in his life right now. So do I have a position also. <laughs> I do not. I'm, yeah, I should have shorted. I didn't. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. There, there'll be other opportunities. It's okay. It's time to get into your favorite part. Yeah, we get to talk about lease accounting. I am, I'm absolutely thrilled to bring you this. I barely understand this. This is intermediate accounting, which I understand at an elementary level. I don't really know where that puts us. Um... But public companies, starting with the 2019 calendar year, private companies will get another year. They'll have to start in 2020. Um, operating leases are going to have to be shown on the balance sheet. They'll do this by recognizing a right-of-use asset and a lease liability. Um, Chamber of Commerce estimates that these are, and obviously these are leases that you would normally just expense uh, every month, rent expense, but uh, it's now been determined that uh, even if it's not um, the entire life of an asset, even if it's just a portion of the life of the asset, if the lessee or the person who is using the asset has total control over that asset, they're going to be responsible for presenting it as an asset, essentially as if they own it, and then the liability um, as if they are um, they owe money on it. Um, Chamber of Commerce estimates. Colin, you got it. Hang with me, Colin. 
Oh, I'll sorry, I'll, I'll sorry, relate, I'll sorry. Relate, I'll relate it to your stuff, I promise. Chamber of Commerce estimates $1.5 billion will be added to the assets and the liabilities, because we have to keep that uh, accounting equation intact, um, to the balance sheets of uh, publicly traded companies. So, I mean, fundamental analysis here, I guess everybody's debt to equity ratio is going to go up here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the more important parts about this is don't, don't freak out completely because the analysts are already accounting for this. When they set EPS set for next year, they're accounting for this. But the only issue is they don't know what is on the balance sheet because it hasn't been recorded for X number of years. So now we're actually going to see what is on that balance sheet. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, we won't know theoretically until until um, 10Qs, till right. first quarter 2019. So we're still a couple of months out. Um, but obviously it'll be interesting because they have to provide retrospective data, retrospective adjustments for the uh, previous two years. So they'll have to provide 2017 and 2018. The interesting thing is that they don't necessarily have the data. Right. Um, so they'll be asked to provide lease information for 2017 in such a way that they might not have been recording um, that information with the intention to present it. So um, we'll, it'll be interesting to see if that data is at all even useful. Right. Yeah, well, what we do know right now, the top five Fortune 500 companies ranked by lease obligation. We'll give you the top five. The first is Walgreens. I'm not entirely sure why, but they're sitting at the top. Walgreens followed by AT&T. AT&T makes even less sense to me. I agree with that. CVS Health, maybe a little bit more. Walmart and then FedEx coming in at five. I guess FedEx is leasing their trucks? They could be. They could be. I know a lot of the airliners do that, so... Yeah, airline companies are big on... um, Leasing their assets, they don't show them. It's it's really interesting, um, and we're not going to talk about uh, the finer ethical issues that underlie financial statement presentation. That's something that I could put Colin to sleep with very quickly. So we're uh, not that might that. be more interesting than the, the changes, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Colin's not big on regulation. That's that's what I that found. That is not that's true. That's what I found. My experience with finance majors, they just that don't like regulation. True. They just don't. No, we all have fiduciary responsibilities. Do not come at our industry. Sorry. Okay. I still love you. It's I love I love you too. It's okay, buddy. You know, it's uh it's just another thing I guess to to think about when we talk about these uncertain times of the market um is that, you know, financial statements now are, are going to be changing in a very big way. Yeah, definitely. Um so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, there going forward. One last little piece of information. Um, Seattle is going to get their NHL team. It's Yay, been, I think. Con- congratulations to the people of Seattle. Um, they get enough rain. It doesn't get cold enough for them there, to play there's outside. No ice. There's no there's, ice. They so they I get don't enough. know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I just don't know. It doesn't get cold enough. But um, How much did they pay? Am I reading this number right? Yeah, $650 million, million with an M, um, dollars of a franchise fee. That's a lot of money. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to see that much money in my life. I don't think so. I could rob just about every bank in the country, and I don't think I'd ever see that much money in my life either. Um, for for contrast or or for comparison, the Vegas Golden Knights, who came into the league two years ago, uh, they only paid five hundred million dollars. Colin, you said that the CPI Whoa. was. Yeah, yeah. Consumer inflation was up three percent year over year. Yeah, I just don't understand it. It's as our friend and roommate and. Um, currently suffering Apple investor would say, where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? I, I just don't understand. He's from Minnesota. That's why he talks with that funny accent. Um, we'll I just, bring him on to the show one we, day. We'll have him on sometime. He'll be very confused. He's a bio, We did mention he's a biochem major. Yeah, he, he might give us like the, the chemistry behind like crude oil or something. I'm not really sure. I Yeah, I, 
Which, I don't know. You'll have to tell us if you guys would be interested in hearing about that. We can have them do a demonstration or something. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's baffling to, to think about um, how much money goes into that. And you would think that a league would essentially want, right? I know markets are pretty saturated, so I guess there's a premium you pay when you want to enter a league. But generally speaking, you would think more teams, more TV revenue, that's better off for the league. And, and $650 million just seems like a ridiculous price tag here. A lot of money. All I can say is, you know, I just hope they, they, they can't go to the Stanley Cup final. You know, we saw it with Vegas. Right, with, right. With, with the whole of my heart, I really hope that you just, you shouldn't be able to win a Stanley Cup or come that close in your first few Vegas. Like, it's got to be hard. It's not a video I game. Agree. It's got to be hard. Um, we are looking at another expansion draft, I would assume. I don't see any other way to do this. Um, so they'll get a chance to poach the fifth best player off of every roster which is just downright ridiculous. That's what happened with Vegas. Yeah, fifth best player of every roster. Well, these are professional hockey players. Um, the fifth best player in every roster is a damn good hockey player, right, Colin? Much better than me and you combined. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I don't even know what skates are. I can't skate. Yeah, we're just not, we don't, we don't like ice. I don't even like it in my drinks. Yeah, I, that's a weird thing. That's, uh, that's a you thing. That's a me thing, okay. Well, you know, all these expansion drafts, it's just... I don't know. It just feels like fantasy. With well, this... speaking of fantasy, fantasy hockey, Chris and I are in a league together, and I sent you a trade request. Three di- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Colin. You know, Come on. No, no, you, heard, you heard the bell. You know what the bell means. You're the, you're the finance guy in the room, right? You heard the bell. We can't talk about this right now. Just, what about the post-market? It's, it's a problem for another day. I don't have post-market. I don't do post-market. That's okay. crap, right? I okay. want to go to bed. Okay. Um, so that's that's the end of our show for today. Uh, we'd like to thank you for sticking around and spending about 20 minutes of your life with us. Um, we hope it wasn't the worst 20 minutes of your life. Um, I'm just going to read a quick message from all of our sponsors. Yeah, no, I'm holding a blank piece of paper. Um, so if you or somebody you know would like to have uh, a product or something similar featured, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd be glad to handle that, I'd say. Absolutely. So, uh I am Chris Florio. I'm I'm Colin Williams. Just a final reminder. Comments are our own. Do not buy or sell anything. Solely on what you hear. Oh, yeah, because, frankly, i got no idea what I'm talking about. He's got a little more of a clue, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust my advice if I was me. Yeah, we're amateurs. Don't listen to us. All right, signing off from Common Sense, Colin Williams. I'm Chris Florio. It's been a pleasure.